Hi, my name is Randy May, and welcome to Decoding the Man podcast. Here at Decoding the Man, we have real conversations with real men and people in their lives. Whether we're talking about relationships, family life, masculinity, vulnerability, or mental health, we're having deeper conversations in a safe space. So buckle up, get comfortable, get a coffee, and listen in whether you're driving or sitting on the couch today. Get inspired, reflect, and have real conversations in your own life. At Decoding the Man, we're all about having a little bit of fun and getting a little bit deeper. The views expressed by the individuals in this podcast are solely the opinions and experiences of the guests of Decoding the Man. So welcome to Decoding the Man today. Uh, Today we have a different spin on things and it's really decoding the woman. And so we have lovely women here today. Uh, We have Dee, Michelle, and Joy, and we're going to be hearing a little bit from them about what it's like to be a working mom, uh, what it's like to have relationships in your life with men, and what it's like to wear all the hats that we wear as women, moms, people, and careers, and all of the things that we do. So I'd like to welcome these lovely women uh, to Decoding the Man today. Um, And just we're going to go around and just say a little blurb about yourselves just so that the listener gets an idea. uh, They get to hear your voice and a little bit about you. So we're going to start with Dee. Hi, thanks. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with everyone and meet other wonderful ladies. A little bit about me. Um, What you see is what you get. I'm me. But Clearly, you can't see me. You're just listening. (laughs) So what you hear is what you get. Um, I'm colorful, and I look at life colorfully. Okay. And yeah, that's it. I would summarize myself like that. Okay. And can you let the listeners know how many kids you have? (laughs) Four. Um, 20, 17, 13, and 12. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. And we'll hear from Michelle now. Hi. Um, Thank you for having me. So I'm Michelle, and I have three daughters, 17, 13, and 11. I had to pause there for a minute because sometimes I can't really believe. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe how big they are. And I am a career mama. So um, I'm a practitioner. I do massage therapy. I teach. And I have these beautiful girls and uh, a wonderful husband. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. And now we have Joy. Hi. Um, gee, where do I start? I have a blended family. Okay. We have a his and ours okay. relationship going on here. Mm-hmm. Been married for 32 years. I am my husband. <sighs> Bought his suitcase with him, as I call it, his trunk, when he, we entered our marriage. Okay. And um, I have two stepdaughters, uh, 37 and 36, if I'm guessing right now. And then we have our own children together, uh, 31 and 28. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much. So we have different experiences here at the table today. Um, And part of what we want to really talk about is uh, when we come together today, what is it really like to be a working mom in 2020? What is the reality of that? Um, There's beautiful things about that, and there's challenging things about that. But if you could give us some insight to what it's been like for you on your journey as a working mom, if we could start there. So anyone who, if you feel like you're ready to to share, (laughs) feel free to start, and then we can all fill in the blanks together. 
I think for me, obviously with the age of my children, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm the empty nester mom with no children at home. Okay. Um, a lot of them are scattered very far away. I right. only have one that's living here in Ontario. Okay. Um, but I didn't go back to work. I spent 10 years. I was fortunate enough to have 10 years at home with my children after they were born. And I didn't go back to work until they started going to school and I started part-time. Okay. And then gradually worked into full-time from there. So it's been a different experience for me. I didn't have to... I was very fortunate to not have to be able to... Mm-hmm pack them off to daycare and then run off to work and then be worried about coming back home at the end of the time. Right. So it, it's been a different experience for me. Right. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And what was it like um, to be at home? That's an interesting question. There were <laughs> days that I thought that I didn't contribute to the family. I didn't contribute to the, not that we ever had any there was no big discussion about yeah. finances and me not contributing, but right. it felt like I didn't add my financial portion to the family, shall we say, at times. I right. didn't feel that just being the mom was, was enough, mm. and and it, it had an impact for a long time. So it was really, it felt good to go back to work. Okay. It did. Wow. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's interesting to hear that you felt like there was... Um, like it, it felt like something different to not feel like you're contributing financially, um, but you were working hard, I'm sure. Oh, very hard. Yeah. And, and it, it was wonderful to have those years. That, and then I would always think my husband had all that time on his commute home that was his time. And right. where was my time? Yeah. <laughs> and, <Yes>. and, <laughs> and I felt that way. I, sh- I shouldn't have right. because I had all day long. It was just different work. Right. And it took a lot of years to realize oh, that different yeah. work that investment, that 10 years that I had to invest in my children has mm-hmm. paid right. off tenfold. Right. Yeah. Right. It's absolutely different work, but it's still work. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing that. And we'll get deeper into that story mm-hmm. soon. <laughs> Hi. Hi. So this is Michelle. Um, and we're answering the question about what is it like um, mm-hmm. in your own version, your own words, to be a working mom in 2020? Mm-hmm. And just your journey so far? Well, this question came up for me actually while in treatment recently because I, I didn't realize how much I hadn't reflected on being a working mother until I'm now at this stage where my kids are a lot more independent and the people that I treat, they're kind of entering being new parents. So they're struggling with that going back to work after a year, whereas that was so long ago for me, I didn't realize I hadn't even processed how difficult that was for me and how lonely that was for me because many of my friends at that stage hadn't even started families yet. So I was on my own right. going through that. Um, the f- with my first, it was extremely difficult because I went back to work at 12 weeks postpartum. Okay. And uh, I was self-employed fully. I had just started my career I had all this opportunity and we were fortunate to be pregnant. Right. And um, at the time, my husband had a position where he could get paternity leave and he was excited to get it. So he actually took nine months at home and I went back to work after 12 weeks. Okay. When we were preparing for it, we were both really excited about it. This is really cool. But living it for me was really hard. I was nursing and I was going to treat people. Who had just had babies and were with their babies and I was coming to treat them and see them go home to their babies 
Yeah. Um, hmm. While my breasts were engorged and mm. I was uh, pr- mm. pumping in between sessions, feverishly trying to pump before the neck. It was hard. It was physically hard. It was emotionally hard. I would come home and all I wanted was my baby, but I also needed time for me. I was exhausted. Right. I'm coming, toting all this milk home, right. but I want to just have her put her right on mm-hmm. the breast. And I would do that, but there was no rest. Right. And then through the night I would be nursing and then I'd get up and do it again. That lasted, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks. I was so sleep deprived and um, really resenting my beautiful husband who was staying home thinking that should be me. Right. Like, yeah, we're so cool. We're so new age doing this. But no, that's not actually how it felt living. Right. Right. It's hard. No, thank you so much for sharing that um, because that's. Um, I think a lot of women, whether we stay home, whether we go to work, how soon we go back to work, all of these are transitions. Um, Mm -hmm. And each transition comes with emotions and comes with a real lived experience that sometimes we don't even have time to process and share, whether it's share with our partner or even just process our own selves. Uh, So I think it's beautiful that everyone's had a different experience because we have so much richness to talk about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now we have Dee (laughs) talking about the same question. Um, What's it like and what's part of your journey that you can think of, of being a working mom? Um, So I also stayed home for a few years after number four was born. I was at home, a stay-at-home mom, for about, I'd say, six to seven years. And I enjoyed every minute, absolutely enjoyed every minute, as hard as it was. I did not have any thoughts of, oh, I should work, oh, I should contribute, oh, I should get out there. I got involved, and I threw myself into my momhood Mm -hmm. and got involved with the school and did everything and be all end all for the children. So when it came time, because of um, financial circumstances changed and uh, I needed to get back to work to help, that was a discussion that was plated at the table and I didn't take it very well uh, because I didn't want to go back to work. Mm -hmm. So I had to um, because I wanted to do my share and contribute to help the family. And I didn't want us to feel any pressure. So that brought different thoughts to the mind. And because I wasn't 100% into going back to becoming a work mom, I think I portrayed that out and the children might have felt it. Mm -hmm. So as I transitioned into being a work mom, now looking back, I would say that brought a whole different kind of reflection period to me and to the relationship to the family and to the children. Because now when I look back at all of it, um, the transition, if I had transitioned a little bit differently, it would have helped all of us. Because if anything, no one has anything positive to say about the transition. And everyone, it's black and white. There's no shades of gray. It's all positive talk when mommy was home with us. And then negative talk, mommy back at work Mm. so it's really interesting right um and then i keep thinking well let me do it let me do it and show them i keep hoping that by working the children realize both you know when you're making a relationship and a family unit work together right both spouses both partners are contributing together and working but i would say in our household i don't know if that worked 
I don't know if they got that message. Right. I don't know if they see that. Right. Because the transition was done differently. Right. And I didn't necessarily embrace it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that had its own repercussions. But right. I, I mean, we've long since smoothed over because they're all <laughs> they're all grown up now and they know oh, we have to work. Yeah. So it's a different day and age now. But right. Right. And it's funny because now I'm asking you these questions. I thought about my own transition of I was a crisis counselor at the time when I had my son. So I um, we we found out we were pregnant on the Thursday. I finished university on Friday. I started my full time job on the Monday. <laughs> we were engaged for probably about three years prior. Uh, August 19th, we bought our house. August 27th, we had our backyard wedding. And then December, my son was born. Wow. And so when I think about and I'm asking you and I'm like, okay, well, what did you do, Randy? And how did you process that? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And when I start to think about it, I start asking myself like, okay, I went back to work early part time uh, doing relief shifts as a crisis counselor. And so I was like, yeah, I would pump lots of milk uh, and then my breasts would be engorged. <laughs> And then I'm sitting at work, and then the drive home from Ajax, uh, from Brampton to Ajax. Oh, yeah. I remember being pregnant, drive. and I was like, I was like, okay, if I have to pull over on this highway because I can't hold my pee, what? And I always had to change of clothes. Like things that you don't, yes, that no yes. one would really right. think about, yeah. right? But that these you are, have to think about that becomes important. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's very interesting um, when we start to talk about these stories of transitioning back to work because I think. Whether we remember the overall thing, mm-hmm. but part of it we were processing. We never really processed. We just knew we had to do whatever yeah. it is we had to do. That's it. And so you have this switch. And I think my next question would be, do you remember when that switch came on for you? It was like override button. It's like you might have a feeling or you might feel tired, but you hit the override button. I don't know what better word to say it. And you provide for your child or you provide for your family or I don't know if I'm using the right word, but. I think I'm understanding what you're asking. And in my response, you can let me know if I'm not understanding yeah, absolutely. what you're asking. Um, oh my gosh, override. Like, I feel like I've spent a lot of my adult parenting years pressing that button. Um, it definitely was happening before I was ready for it with my first, but it also helped me to see what felt really uncomfortable with the, the framing of going back to work, how I did it. So with the second and third, I was like, um, yeah, Matt, leave over here, please. And uh, did something different. Right. Um, in terms of how I transitioned with the other two, in terms of having a year, in terms of nursing for as long as I wanted to and all of that. But then even transitioning out of having the third and going back to work, um, knowing that that was our last child we would be having, I was running really fast and really hard to get to this level of kind of success and feeling like I was contributing enough and developing the ideas that I had. And there were times that I wasn't home when I wanted to be. There were times that I was missing things that I wanted to be present at and um, struggling with guilt, struggling with, I don't have any time for myself, let alone time to balance the different things that I wanted to do with my kids. Um, so I was pressing that button a lot, especially after the third. Right. Um, and now I've come into 2020, 2019 and 2020 have been the time now that I've, I've claimed it all back. I've scaled back my schedule the most I ever have 
in my, all my years of practice and teaching. And it's been a conscious decision um, to create space, space for myself first, and then space to be able to connect with them in what they're interested in right now and recognizing that it's, it's not too late. Right. So taking that space back. Wow. Go ahead. I'm listening to her and I'm thinking, I, I, I feel like I did the opposite. And when I listen to her story, I, I think, because you said you have girls, mm -hmm. and I'm seeing something different. So I'm seeing that you showed your girls courage and strength because you went out into that career world. And I'm thinking your girls saw that strength and courage because it, it takes a lot of strength to get out into that career world when those girls are babies. And you did it. You got out there, you left them home and you went and you worked and you worked hard. And now you've reached that, I'm hitting the override mm -hmm. and I'm going back home mm -hmm. and I'm going to spend time with my girls. But you know what you just showed your girls? You just showed your girls, you can do it. Wow. Yeah. And your girls saw it and your girls are going to grow up and do it too. <laughs> and in this day and age, maybe not when we were growing, when, when it was oh. our turn, but in this day and age, I'm sorry to say, I feel like that's what the girls need to do. They, there is no time I wish that there was time for us to stay home and take care of our babies. But in this competitive world we live in, they need models like you because the girls need to know that they can get up and go because it's a competitive world. I feel like I didn't give mine that message. I feel like I did the opposite and showed them a different message by staying home with them. Maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. I don't know yet because they're still growing up. Yeah. But I feel like I didn't show them that strong, courageous woman that's going to go out in the world and fight. Mm -hmm. And I feel like because I did it late, I don't know if they're going to be that strong to get out in the world and fight. So I see it differently from mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And I say kudos to you because our young women need that. I have to say something to that. I mean, that. Yeah. thank you so much for acknowledging that in me. And sometimes it's, you know, you forget. Yeah. But I have to add to that part of my push to get out and go was that my mom, she was with us 100%. She put everything aside. That's you know, amazing. after moving from Jamaica for education and becoming educated and could have done anything, what she wanted to do was be at every basketball game. Well, and every bedtime and every friend coming over who was struggling yeah. at home and didn't have the support, that's what she did. And for her, I felt compelled to want to even do more to show her that that investment was yes. not lost. Mm -hmm. So like holding your hand, Dean, <laughs> I'm just going to say, I think there's no right or wrong. You're it's right. just what, it's just what works for your family. Yeah. And it's also, um, just what your intention is behind it. You being with your babies, they know that foundational love. <laughs> they know who they are. They know unconditional love with, in, in this world. How much do we need that as well? You're right. <laughs> You're right. And I think I'll say that I think our children, if we go back and ask yeah. them, would the role, if the roles had changed, would they be any different? And I'm going to say no. And I think we've all taught our daughters and our sons depending on what you've had and or both, right. that you can be strong staying home. You can be, uh, it, my 
worries of me not contributing financially to the household did not come through to my kids. Good. I yeah. made sure that they were in competitive sport and I took mm-hmm. them to everything that That's they were right. doing at the time, especially when we when I went back to work and they started swimming or whatever the event was they were doing, their school sports. I tried very much to be part of the parent associations. I was there for their basketball games. I made that priority. I worked part I was fortunate to go back to work part time for a very mm-hmm. For six or seven years, and then go back full time. Yeah, um, I won't say my life is healthy now. The amount of commitment <laughs> I've got to my job, but no, we're teaching our children in very different ways. And I think if we mm. went back to look at them, my mom, yeah, she went to work for her very first time that I ever knew when I was thirteen years old. We're talking nineteen seventy. And she, I remember my mother and father having an argument about mom going to work. And she said, no, it's time for her to go out and do something. And I really respected my mom for that. And my dad got used to it. And I learned so much. So I had, mm. I had the same thing. I had 13 years with my mom. Yeah. And then she went to work. And I'm going, good on you. And I was really happy to see her do that. Yeah. So I think they learn. Our children are so adaptable and so... They are, aren't they? Yeah. More than we think. Yes. More than we know. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. no matter what, the, as long as we're showing them love, even if it's for a few moments every day, mm-hmm. they, they understand. They do. Yeah. And I think um, our children get what they need from us yes. in the ways that they will need to grow. Um, my son, when he was four years old, and I think it's a good time to share this, he said, Mommy, I chose you before I came here. And so, and I think that when we, when I, since he's told me that, like, I think, and I always bring it back to whatever we choose to do and however we show up is what they need to grow up to be whoever they're, they're meant to be. Absolutely. Um, and I think each way has value Mm -hmm. for them. Um, and when I think about that, no matter how our children come into our life, there is this. If you believe in it, you don't have to, but there's this idea that however and whoever I show up or grow into be as an adult is what that child needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we give them the tools. Some tools will be handy. Some tools will have to unlearn. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but all of the tools are with the tools that they need to be who they're, they're meant to be. Yeah. Exactly. It also creates space for other people in your community to be with your children and yeah. to contribute to them. Because as I said my husband was home those nine months. Well, if I was more attached to I need to be the one, then he wouldn't have been the one. That time, he says he could never duplicate that or like have that again. He didn't have that nine months again with mm-hmm. the other two girls because mm-hmm. I claimed that, right? I claimed that back. I was able to do that. Mm-hmm. My mother having an influence as a grandmother on our children mm-hmm. and not having to be in mm-hmm. childcare right. ever. I never had to do daycare, even though I was working and my husband was working. That was part of what the girls needed and have benefited from. So all the things I got from my mom, they got to get from my mom. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel fortunate. They feel fortunate. She feels fortunate. Yeah. It's this community. um, And I think as women um, and women at this table, we recognize community is, we wear all of these hats, but we do it with different people, right? So it's whether you meet another family in the neighborhood or you meet another parent somewhere along the line. You know, for example, like 
for myself it's I have a neighbor and she brings over food to my house probably like three times a week just because (laughs) you know in the summer I just I cut the grass all the time and so we have this exchange um, and I don't think I could have done it if I didn't have some sort of community or people showing up right But part of this is, um, (laughs) there's a pause there. And I think the pause and the pause is okay because the pause is part of us all sitting here and you get to witness it in real time is I think a lot of us here are reflecting and really thinking about what it is that we contributed to our family and what we're contributing to our children's lives and how they're growing and being shaped. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for listening to Decoding the Man. Stay tuned for part two. If you have any questions, suggestions, or a topic that stood out to you or you're seeking support, please email us at decodingtheman at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at decodingtheman. We'd like to thank Carissa McLeod, our social media and audio producer, Brian Sudema, our executive producer, and our theme song, Darling, is brought to you by David Porges.